Hello, and welcome to the We Are The Medicine podcast. This podcast is a place where we discuss a wide variety of topics, from psychedelics and other plant medicines to sovereignty and spirituality. This is a space where we have raw and vulnerable conversations and explore the mysteries of our universe with the intention of empowering listeners and guiding you to ask the questions that will help you come into a deeper resonance with your truest essence. I'm your host, Serena Rose. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the We Are The Medicine podcast. Thank you so much for being here with me. I'm super excited for today's podcast because today we're going to be talking about my second ayahuasca experience. So this experience actually took place at the same location as the last ayahuasca journey that I did and I actually had the amazing opportunity to help out and assist at this retreat which was such an honor and also affects the experience a bit differently because I'm in more of a leadership position in this retreat not in the ceremony but just helping out um, with the organization of the retreat So this retreat was actually a women's retreat, which is so powerful. And for any of you women out there who have been to a women's retreat or even just a women's circle or any women's only spaces, you know the power that happens when women come together. It is so magical and so beautiful. Also, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the first episode of this podcast, I talk about my very first ayahuasca experience in that, and I think it would be really beneficial for you to listen to that one prior to this. So if you haven't checked that one out yet, definitely go and check it out. So I'm at the retreat. It was so interesting because I had so many things actually coming up for me before the ceremony even started and for anyone who has worked with ayahuasca before you know that she starts working on you way before you actually even get to the ceremony and drink the medicine so it was very interesting and i had some deep intentions for going in for this ayahuasca sit i really wanted to work on my relationship with money and calling more abundance into my life and just being more comfortable putting myself out there and kind of getting over these blocks that I've felt. For a lot of my life, I've felt so much resistance and had a lot of trouble really putting myself out there and being in the spotlight in any kind of way. And that has a lot to do with childhood. We can talk about that at a later time. So because I had so many things coming up for me prior to the actual retreat, And once I got to Costa Rica, it really just ramped up so much. I knew that this ceremony was going to be pretty deep and I was really looking forward to going deeper because I was very grateful for the experience that I had the first time, but it felt like more of an introduction to ayahuasca. So I was really looking forward to it. All right, so let's get right into it. We're in the first ceremony. They open the ceremony space. I go and I drink my first cup. And my first cup was super chill. I was just there, vibing out, listening to the music, and hanging out. That's kind of how it goes sometimes in the first cup. 
if you listen to my last podcast, you know that I have learned not to have any expectations and to just let the medicine do her thing and do her work. This experience for me really started with the second cup on that first night. So I drink my second cup, I go and sit down, and I would say maybe about halfway through the second cup, you know, time in this space is really non-existent, so I don't know how much time it was. So this first night, I really went deep into some inner child work, and it started with me After the second cup, I started to notice this blocked or stuck energy in my solar plexus area. And I just started to question, what is that? I I, want to go into this. I want to know what this stuck energy is. And it was such a beautiful experience because it was very empowering to me. I felt like I was really leading the experience in a lot of ways and that ayahuasca was kind of just assisting or guiding me through it. And I think that was very important for me because like a lot of people, if I'm being honest, I had a perception that ayahuasca is going to heal me and that is not the case. So for any of you out there that are looking or feeling called to work with ayahuasca or any other sacred plant medicines, just know that these plant medicines are tools and they can really, really help you to see things that you may not be able to see on in your day-to-day life. However, they are not healing you. It is your job to really facilitate that for yourself in a lot of ways and the real work happens when you go back to your day-to-day life and how you integrate the experience is how much you're going to benefit from it because I realized for myself that I had this perception that ayahuasca was going to do the work for me and after the first experience I had coming back home I realized that, wow, um, that's not how it works. I really have to do the work myself. I have to take the actions in my day-to-day life to change my life. It's not ayahuasca that's fixing my life. Ayahuasca can show me the things that I need to work through and help me see things in a new way, but it is ultimately up to me to make the decisions and take the actions to actually make the changes. So I just wanted to add that in there for anyone who maybe has that perception yourself. And it's a very disempowering way to think because you're really looking for something outside of you to fix you. And that's just not how it works in life. You gotta be willing to do the things to make the changes. So I'm feeling this blocked energy in my solar plexus chakra area. And I ask, what is this? I really want to go into this. And I laid down on my side. And it was interesting because, like I said, it was very empowering. And it it felt like I was very much in charge of the experience, which is not always the case with ayahuasca. I'll let you know. But I think that 
it was very important for me to have that experience so I could feel empowered in it. This process was really just a lot of me talking to myself and it started with me laying on my side, feeling into this stuck energy and then I started feeling the emotions coming up and I just started saying, I don't want to be afraid anymore. I don't want to be afraid anymore. And I just kept saying it over and over and over and over. And then it went into me saying to myself, why can't I just be myself? I want to be brave. I want to be strong. I want to have courage. And really, I was just saying these things over and over and over to myself. And as I'm talking to myself in this way, I'm feeling the energy kind of like bubbling up and I'm physically holding myself and just crying and crying and saying over and over I want to be brave I want to be strong I want to have courage I want to be myself and then it moved into I am brave I am strong I do have courage I can be myself and it really just felt like a self-led experience with the help of ayahuasca and I just kept saying these things to myself until I felt the energy move and the blockage felt like it wasn't there anymore or at least not as strong not as tight so another interesting aspect to this is so I'm laying there and I'm talking to myself not super loud I'm like kind of whispering to myself because the ceremony space is very formal and you're not really supposed to like yell or scream or laugh super loud because you don't want to affect someone else's experience and not every ayahuasca space is like this but this is the more traditional formal setting of ayahuasca and as I'm talking to myself I'm having these thoughts like oh my god am I talking too loud can everyone hear me is everyone looking at me and I just kept feeling so paranoid that the entire room was looking at me and judging me and it got to this point where I realized oh nobody's looking at me like these thoughts that I'm thinking of everyone is judging me and looking at me they're in my head they're not in anyone else's head and everyone else is really just in their own experience because if you've ever drank ayahuasca you know that when you're in your experience and going through a process you're not really concerned with what anyone else is doing you have no space for that and i found it to be such a metaphor for life because so often we are worried that people are going to judge us or that we can't just be ourselves, that we have to dim parts of ourselves because we're afraid that people are looking at us weird or judging us. And in reality, the majority of people are just in their own experience. The majority of people are worried that you're judging them while you're worried that they're judging you. It's such an interesting thing that we do as humans where we're so concerned about what other people think about us, but in reality, most other people are concerned what everyone else is thinking about them. They're not thinking about you. Which, of course, there's going to be people who have judgments and that is just life, but I would say that the majority of people are in their own experience, just like in ayahuasca. (laughs) 
So after I went through this experience of clearing out my solar plexus, I felt into my sacral chakra, the area right under my belly button. And I felt stuck energy there. And I said, what is this? I want to go into this. Ayahuasca, show me. And she said, you're not ready. It's not time yet. I was so fired up. I was ready. Like, let's go. I'm ready to heal all of this. And the medicine is so intelligent. And she knows what you need and how much you can handle. And you hear this a lot with the conversation around ayahuasca that the medicine will never give you more than you can handle. So just remember that if you are going to drink ayahuasca at any point and you have fears coming up, that's completely normal, first of all. But just also remind yourself that this medicine, this plant is so intelligent. It's crazy. It blows my mind honestly, because sometimes it feels like ayahuasca knows you better than you know yourself. And that's kind of freaky. When I'm in the medicine space, I can just feel her getting into those little dark cracks and crevices in my mind that I'm not aware of. And it's so beautiful. And she's so intelligent. And she's never going to give you more than you can handle. She might give you more than you think you can handle, but never more than you can actually handle. She knows how deep she can take you. And sometimes, even if it feels like, oh no, this is too much for me, you just got to surrender and trust that the medicine is intelligent. And something that I heard on a podcast once I don't remember the person's name who said it, but they said that when they're in any sort of plant medicine ceremony that they remind themselves, I took a medicine and the medicine is working. And I think that's really helpful to remember if you're ever in a ayahuasca ceremony or mushrooms or any type of plant medicine ceremony and you start to feel like, oh no, I'm blasting off and I don't know what's going to happen. Just tell yourself. I took a medicine and the medicine is working. And I also just remind myself, I can trust you. I can trust you, ayahuasca. I can trust you, mushrooms, whatever whatever the medicine is. So ayahuasca tells me, girl, you ain't ready to go into the sacral chakra blockage quite yet. And I'm very grateful for that because it probably would have taken me deeper than I was prepared for or could handle at that time. So after this experience, clearing out my solar plexus, I purged, I threw up, and it's funny to me looking back because I felt like I looked such a mess. I didn't, as I was laying on my side, bawling my eyes out, crying, I didn't have tissues next to me. So I had snot running down my nose and then I purged and I hadn't blown my nose. So I'm throwing up in this bucket and there's just snot coming out and... (laughs) someone next to me, I think it was my friend Patty, pushed like some tissues over to me like, hey, here. And I was like, oh God. And it just kind of went back into like, everyone's looking at me, but trust and believe, Serena, nobody was looking at you really. And it was interesting too, because later in the retreat, my friend Ayla, who's one of the main organizers of this retreat she is the head assistant to Aaron Dowdy who is one of the guys who puts together these retreats and she said that she felt like I went through it with so much grace and she was really admiring the 
the grace that I had going through that. And it was it was such an interesting reflection because I felt like I looked like a hot ass mess. And it was very nice to hear that. So moving on, what was really interesting was the next morning when I woke up, I felt so sensitive. Like my friend Dana was telling me it's time to wake up. Like we have to, you know, we're assistants. So we have to wake up a little bit earlier too. And in these situations, you don't really get a lot of sleep because the ceremony ends at like midnight, sometimes 1 a.m. And you have to wake up at like 6 a.m. And sometimes with the medicine also, it makes it hard for you to fall asleep. So I was so tired in the morning when I woke up and my friend Dana is trying to wake me up and I just feel so emotional and I just feel like I want to cry because I have to get out of bed. Anyway, so I got up, we went and, you know, had breakfast and everything and they were doing yoga in the morning and I didn't have to do anything to help out with the yoga. So I just took some time for myself because I was feeling like such a little sensitive bear. Like if you just poked me, I would cry. It was so interesting. I felt like all of the inner child healing that I did the night before was still very present. And I just felt like I really need to just cry it out right now. So I had some time alone while everyone was doing yoga. I cried and cried and cried and cried. I smoked some tobacco and blew the tobacco on myself to clear it all out. And I journaled and I just really let it out. I took a little nap and then I felt much better after that, which was necessary because that night we going back in, we going back into the abyss, baby, and we don't know what's gonna happen. So fast forward, we are now in the second night of ceremony. I drink my first cup and to my surprise, this time I went into a process after the first cup, which hadn't happened to me thus far, which was so interesting. And I think that me learning how to just really surrender and trust the medicine helped. So remember that this is a women's retreat, so it's all women in the ceremony, other than a couple of the medicine people who are assisting. So this process for me started with me really feeling the pain of women, the collective pain of women, and all of the trauma and the abuse and the oppression that women have gone through. And then I was also going into the pain of the women in my family. So what's very interesting is the women in my family, specifically on my mother's side, are very strong women. And for example, my grandmother was a strong, badass woman. She had nine kids and she worked a job and took care of her nine kids and cooked them food and she would cuss you out if she needed to. She was such a strong force and a matriarch in my family and I don't know what kind of experiences that she had in her life, but I'm sure that she had some trauma because we all got trauma and we're all just trying to do better than our parents did. And based on my experience with my mother and the feelings that she had about her mom, I know there was some trauma there. 
and I know my mom experienced a lot of trauma. She was raped multiple times throughout her life. She had been in abusive relationships. She was in a state of pretty deep narcissism and she didn't know how to get out of it. So I was just feeling a lot of this pain that my family and my lineage has gone through and I was just crying and crying and then I started feeling the earth and what felt like the pain of the entire earth and just the way that the earth has not been seen and revered as sacred especially our modern society has forgotten so many of the lessons that indigenous people know and remember the way that many indigenous people see and honor the earth is so respectable and honorable and i think that we have so much to learn from indigenous people and i find it very important if you have the opportunity to connect with any indigenous people be it native americans or indigenous people in central or south america or all over the world they have oftentimes a way of seeing the earth that we have just forgotten and i was just feeling a lot of the sadness and the grief over the way that we have forgotten our mother the way that we have mistreated our home and then it went into the pain of the sacred plants specifically tobacco and the pain of coca the coca leaf which for those of you who don't know in many indigenous traditions these plants are seen as sacred teachers the plants are not bad these plants have been filled with chemicals abused and then vilified so now many of us have this perception that the plant is the problem that tobacco is bad for you that coca is bad for you and in reality cocaine is very different from pure coca leaf if you don't know the coca leaf is actually one of the most nutritious healing and nourishing plants that your body can have I bet a lot of you guys didn't know that because the perception that we have of this plant is that, oh, cocaine, and it's bad for you. And yes, cocaine is bad for you. It's extremely addictive and it ruins people's lives. But that is not coca. Many indigenous people use plants such as tobacco and the coca leaf in such a sacred way and in such reverence and we have forgotten we have forgotten their power and i do plan on making other podcast episodes about these plants specifically where we can really dive into the history and the ways that indigenous people use them and how they have been abused and vilified in our modern day culture. And I really want to help anyone listening to this understand better the real meaning and the real purpose of these sacred plants. And I was really feeling the pain of tobacco and the pain of coca and the way that they've been abused and the way that people talk about them like they're so horrible and that couldn't be further from the truth and i'm crying sobbing i'm sitting up this time 
I'm not afraid to be seen this time. Oftentimes in other ceremonies, I would lay on my side and kind of cocoon myself when I'm going through a process. But this time, I sat up the whole time. I cried. I didn't care who was looking at me. I allowed myself to be seen in my process. And that was really beautiful. And in that moment, I made a vow, a promise to always talk about these plants and use these plants with reverence and remember that they are sacred. All of the plants, they are all sacred and they all deserve our respect. They deserve to be used not just as a substance to get you fucked up or to help you escape from your reality because that is so far away from their purpose. The earth has given us these plants to help us heal. Believe it or not. Yes, I mean even tobacco. I mean even coca. So in that moment, I made a vow, a promise to always work with these plants and talk about these plants in reverence and in sacredness and to share the message that it is not the plants that are ruining these people's lives. These sacred plants have been mutilated, filled with chemicals, and then vilified by the government and all of these things. It's not the plants. It's all of this other shit that is put in them and the way that we are using them. We'll talk about this in another podcast because I could really go on and on. So after I got out of this process, I felt like I had already gone pretty deep and I just kept thinking, oh no, I hope the second cup isn't coming soon. Like I don't feel ready to have another cup. Like maybe I'm not even going to drink a second cup. I had it in my head that when I went up for the second cup, I was only going to ask for a little bit. I didn't think that I needed very much. But what was interesting was quite a bit of time actually passed after I got out of my process and before the second cup came around. And by that time, I was actually feeling good again. But I just had it in my head that I was only going to ask for a little bit. So when I went up for the second cup, I told the maestra, I think I really don't need very much. And she gave me like a tiny sip. And... Pretty much as soon after I drank it and went back to my mat, I regretted that because I realized I was afraid to go deeper. I was afraid to blast off into the ethers. And I sat on my mat for (laughs) quite a while, just kind of beating myself up like, damn, why did I only ask for a little bit? Like, I really came here to heal some stuff. I'm really trying to work on my abundance and all of this. And I don't know if I really got what I came here for yet. And now, look, I'm not even going to go into a process and all of these things, which isn't necessarily the case because I've had people tell me that they've had very tiny amounts of medicine and gone deep. So it you really don't necessarily need a lot. But I was just so in my head and really regretting only asking for a small amount. So I'm sitting there for quite some time and I'm really considering going up and asking for more medicine because I had heard someone else say that they had an extra cup the day before. And I've heard that in some situations, the maestros will allow you to have more medicine if you want it. 
So eventually, I finally got the courage to walk up to one of the maestras and ask her, hey, is it possible for me to get more medicine? And she said, no, we're done for the night. And she was super nice, by the way. But I got so triggered and I felt so embarrassed and I, I, you know, I just said, okay, thank you so much. And I went back to my seat and I... I went back to my seat and I was so dramatic. I just laid down and I just started crying. I felt so embarrassed and like so stupid. Like, oh God, why did I even ask? Like, I should have known that was so dumb. And I was just crying because I'm like, I've came here to heal these things and I feel like I have things that I want to work on and that I haven't worked through yet and I don't know when is the next time I'm going to get to sit with ayahuasca and I want to work through this now and it was very interesting like I just kind of laid there and drifted off into the ethers after a while like I don't even really know what was going on during this point but I eventually came to a place of acceptance I sat up and you know enjoyed myself the rest of the time but definitely did feel like a little bit of regret and I learned a lot and at one point actually um, I heard ayahuasca tell me it's good to be humbled sometimes and that has really stuck with me since then in any moment where I feel like I'm being humbled I just think of that and I say it's good to be humbled sometimes so it is what it is and actually at the time I'm recording this podcast, I'm going to drink ayahuasca again next week. So there's always more opportunities and you always get what you need. You always get what you need in life and in ayahuasca. (laughs) Sometimes I say life is really like an ayahuasca journey (laughs) and that it ain't that the truth because life is the real ceremony. And since that retreat, I have really just been making an effort to work on my integration and to do better about actually taking the action and applying the lessons that I've learned from ayahuasca. Because like I said earlier in the podcast, I had this perception that I was going to go drink ayahuasca and my whole life was going to change after and everything was just going to be magically fixed. And I had to come to the harsh reality that that is not how it works. And I'm very grateful for that because it would be very disempowering to think that I needed ayahuasca to change my life because I don't. Nobody needs ayahuasca or mushrooms or peyote or wachuma or any plant medicine to change their life. You have to do it. You have to be the one to make the decisions to change your life. So after my first sit with ayahuasca, I felt a little bit disappointed after because I came home And it kind of felt like everything was the same. And I had to come to terms with the reality that it was me. I was the one that needed to make the changes. So that's what I've really been focusing on since that sit. And I'm very excited for this one coming up next week. And I'm excited to share it with you all. I have had such a wonderful time sharing these stories and opening up and letting you all get to know me a little better. And I look forward to doing more of that and deepening our relationship in the future. And I hope you got some value out of this. I hope you got some gems, some good things to remember. Remember, if you're ever in ceremony of any kind, just remind yourself, I took a medicine and the medicine is working. And if you ever have a moment where life is humbling the fuck out of you, it's good to be humbled sometimes. (laughs) 
Anyway, thank you so much for listening today. That's going to do it for us. I love you so much. I hope you stay tuned for the next episode and I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a comment letting me know how you liked this episode. And if you have topic suggestions for future episodes, feel free to leave them in the comments there. If you're listening on a podcasting platform, it would really help me out if you could leave me a nice review letting me know how you like the podcast so far. Thank you so much and stay blessed.